0: Welcome to Speaking Cinema, series movie, jibber-jabber, movie podcast coming to you from a mental asylum in Medical Lake, Washington, by way of Hollywood, California. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Speaking Cinema. Listen to us jibber-jabber every single Monday. Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, Medical Lake, Washington. That's Re- a terrible name. Real place, though.
1: Real place. Real place. A lot of, uh, gets its name because there are hospitals and such out there. Multiple hospitals? Multiple hospitals. Some functioning, some not, as we'll get into. Some what? Some not functioning.
0: Not functioning. Hmm. Where
1: uh, this very movie was filmed, actually. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what?
0: Cart before the horse on me. Cart before the horse. It just sounds like a thing that, like, if you're from there, you know and you don't question it. But if you're not from there, it's like, oh, you don't know? You must be from not around here. Yeah, yeah. Smug. I am your host, Warden Jibber Jabber, with me today, as always, my co-host, my co-host, and my co-host, Kevin. That's me.
1: That's me. And that's me.
0: Always there, Kev. Always there. You're always there. This week, it's our 100th episode, motherfuckers. A hundred times we've saturated your ears with movie analysis and brilliance. Delightful! That's us. We try. We do it. No, we don't try, we just do it. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's being done. If you don't think we're doing it, you're not listening. You're not paying attention. So, to celebrate this week, we're doing movies that we worked on ourselves. We've done the analysis on everyone else's movies. Now it's time to look back at the ones that we worked on. This week on the Jibber Jabber, the greatest PA movie of all time
1: 2010's The Ward. Yes. Directed by
0: John Carpenter,
1: frequent frequent uh parishioner of our
0: Fair Podcast. Of our Fair Podcast. New to the podcast, all the ladies who worked on this movie, and by worked on it, I mean starred in it, Amber Heard, Mamie Gummer, Lindsay Fonseca. Fonseca, huh? And Jared Harris. There's some other girls in here, we'll get There's to them other later. Other girls, yeah. Written by Michael and Sean Ross- Rasmussen. Ross Musson, Yeah. Mm. Distribution, Echo Lake Pictures, and North by Northwest. Great name. If you're not familiar, a young woman is committed to an institution after she tries to burn down a house. While there, she discovers a secret that shakes her and her fellow patients to their core. Why do this movie? How did... Why? Why? Here's why. One, John Carpenter, we're going to do all of them. Good. Eventually, we're going to do it. Uh, I'd say he's the greatest, but then uh, goes to Mars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, our very own Kevin was a PA on this movie.
1: Yes. So yes, I was.
0: we've talked about this in the past. I have purposely we decided to do this, and then I purposely did not talk about not talk about this with you because I want to save it for the podcast. So, um, like, we'll 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 get to your how you got on here, sure. what it was like let's finish introducing the movie this was filming for this movie took place in Medical Lake Eastern Washington University in the greater Spokane area which yes. you hail from in the summer of 2009 yes summer interesting why is that interesting I don't know <laughs> this is John Carpenter's first movie since 2001's Ghost of Mars and why the long hiatus between the two Carpenter said the experience on Mars was awful and he lost his passion for making movies but when the script came along, he liked it and decided to unretire. Since then he has not made any movies. It's true. He has, he has gone, gone back on to a, his...
1: uh, a world tour as a musician musician playing scores from his movies mm-hmm. so, along with his son, uh, I believe his name's Cody Carpenter. and he is said
0: to be involved with the new Halloween movie. he to the
1: point where he's talking about actually scoring it right, right. yep not confirmed, not confirmed. But he's the idea that Danny McBride and David Gordon Green pitched him blew him away apparently. Right. So.
0: Apparently he liked the pitch, and they wanted him. They wanted the guys at Blumhouse wanted him to like the pitch. They thought that that was important. And then, so when uh, Rings came out and bombed, the Paramount canceled their um, Friday the Thirteenth. And then. I was listening to the guy, the guy who's the head of development at Blumhouse and he's like, I wanted that same day to have John Carpenter come out and be like, We are not canceling our movie. This is the release date. We, you know, charge. Yep. And he's like, I had to wait a couple of days because, you know, you can't just call up John Carpenter ask him to do something you gotta like sure, though. Know. But
1: he's gotta you know he's gotta get to a good save point. In yeah. Dead
0: space. <laughs> As of this recording, this film is available on DVD and Blu-ray hard to find streaming although according to my own research it is on google play there you go but Google play not on itunes not there's on there's a lot of stuff on google play oh, you know what, what? it was weird i looked it so i looked up on my roku and it was it was nothing came up so then i went to amazon looked for it manually and it said it is not It's something to the effect like you just can't stream it so it's like i don't know if you have to be on a computer only or oh, yeah it's, it's some strange yeah
1: a couple of, couple services do that. Like, they have
0: them, but you can't have it right now. Yep. Unless you watch it on your phone or something. Yep.
1: Yeah, there was something like, I think it was Hard Knocks on HBO. It's, they limit, you couldn't watch streaming on a TV for a while. Right. So, it was like, come on. And yeah. then, that might be because
0: people are stupid or because of contracts. We don't know, right? Who knows. So, Kev, obviously, this answer to your question would be different. But normally we start this by saying, have you heard this movie and have you seen it? I've not seen it. I've heard of it. I heard it sucks. But then I met you, and you said I worked on it. And I was like, whoa. So catch us up. Where were you? How did you hear about
1: this movie? How did you get involved? How did you get the job? All right, so... Where were you in life? I graduated college in 2009. So I was a senior, my B.A., in a electronic media and film from Eastern Washington University. So wait, you had graduated... I you had graduated, gradu-
0: and then this movie was going to shoot
1: in the summertime. Yes. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, I graduated, and I had heard... So there's a local production company, North by Northwest. They do a lot of commercials, and I'd already gotten to intern and PA on a couple of their commercial shoots because I had just known... I actually met a guy... Every year they did what's called a 48-hour film festival. Oh, very you go. And you have to make a short film in 48 hours. Like, write, produce, shoot, edit, finish the thing in two days. And the idea is that they give you a certain theme and props and things that need to go in that you don't find out until the timer starts. So that's what prevents you from just, like... Submitting a movie.
0: I also did that one time and basically stayed up for forty eight hours and made the most reprehensibly stupid thing I've ever <laughs> made in my life. I did it
1: twice and uh, I made good stuff both times. But I had my uh, my partner Taylor Adams, who he was a great uh, collaborator and fellow movie friend. If you ever get him down here, he should be on this podcast. He's he got some really good ideas about movies. So um, is a novelist now of all things. Oh, he's yeah. written novels. Regardless, so that's where. But I got to know people at North by Northwest, and then um, one of their, uh, one of the people that worked there is a friend of my mom's cousin, <laughs> so Washington. I just say, you know, Spokane's not very big, um, so I sent her like a little resume package saying like, hey, I know the ward is shooting, I would love to just what can I do, you know, and got the job, and uh, my first day there was John Carpenter's first day in Spokane after doing some pre-production in L.A. that they had already done. Mm -hmm. So uh, I met John that first day and kind of really got my introduction into the P.A. world and pre-production. So you were an office P.A.? I started as an office P.A., but then I uh, once the movie started shooting, one of the P.A.s quit... And they promoted me up to an on-set PA, so I was there on set from like for most of the days. Very good. So yeah, started office PA pre-production, um, and then uh, yeah, graduated up to on-set PA.
0: And maybe we'll save the, the more detailed answer of this for the second half. Sure. What did you learn about making movies during this process?
1: Is well, there any broad broad stroke? What amazed me is, it's kind of a. But the behind-the-scenes people are the most blue-collar, hard-working people you'll ever see in this, like, liberal industry of making movies. It's like, these dudes are just hard-working guys. And there's a lot of stitching that gets done in terms of how a movie is put together. Because the ward itself, where a majority of the movie takes place, is, like, four locations. Four very separate locations that they all kind of seamlessly put together. Hmm. So that was... uh, Like, not even in the same building? Separate? like, different cities, even. Oh! I'll I'll point it out in the second half. Very good. um, But yeah, it's... uh, There is a whole kind of different process, and I learned sort of the... I don't want to call it the politics of the set, but, like, how a set flows, who does what... You know, what does... A the first, hierarchy of a The hierarchy. Course. Yeah. You know, what does a first AD do? What does a second AD do? What, what is, does a second second AD do? What does a second second AD do? It's all that kind of stuff. You see it in the credits all the time, but you really don't learn it until you just get in the shit and start mm. seeing it in a real-world context.
0: Um. Yeah, and I think that there's a bizarre you know like left right idea of hollywood being like a bunch of leftists sure it's not it's not that hollywood's a bunch of leftist weirdos it's just that if your business is telling stories about humanity you tend to have more more empathy empathy for humanity yeah and which but then and then we have this stupid fucking notion of like well blue collar people are conservative and it's like No, this guy understands trans rights, but he fucking lifts heavy things all day and puts them here and there and knows how to tie knots. That's his job. He's a gaffer. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) By God, God, that's a
0: gaffer's job. (laughs) You know, got that beer belly, loves football, but, you know, worked on a lesbian drama last year and really learned a lot. Yep. You know, and sometimes (laughs) didn't learn a lot. (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. Now, question, were these... North by Northwest national ads or local local regional ads. They need a lot of local stuff. So like you know, Did it feel the... local like a car dealership? Kind of like we got tw- Be- twenty, Be- we got better, twenty better than a car. Dealership. Okay. okay, okay, no,
1: like, no. Uh, I mean, look at our yardage of Mini Coopers. We got tons of exactly. Minis. We got Mini and low APR financing. Wow. Um I worked on an appliance store commercial, which is pretty standard, pretty chalk. But then they've done other stuff that is very like. You know, they go out into, like, nature and shoot things. And it's kind of this very, you know, a little higher quality ad than just your normal, like... Bobo bobo ad. Bobo local thing, so... Local crew, or do they fly people in? So, some people were flown in, but as part of the Washington tax credit, a certain percentage of your crew has to be local. Mm -hmm. So, um, the biggest ones that were local were the costume designer was a local. Um... A lot of the heads of the various departments were local, like the location lead, um, the prop guy was a local guy, and then all of the PAs were Spokane kids, just like me. Of course, so, of course, yeah, just young bucks trying to trying to make a buck. So, but then like you know, the first AD was you know a woman who's been in Hollywood a million years. The second AD was actually a graduate from my program who graduated a year ahead of me. Yeah, hmm. there's. Um, you know, there there was a really good amount of just local Spokane, Eastern Washington people, but with a mix of, you know, all the producers are from L.A. And obviously John Carpenter is an L.A. guy. And so, you know, a mix of, like, the professional and uh, the director of photography is a guy who's, I don't know what nationality he is, but he shot a ton of stuff. Hmm. He did, um, recently he shot Sing Street, hmm. a, and then he did a lot of episodes of Orange is the New Black. His name is Jerome Orbach. Hmm. So, yeah, there's uh, a lot of the specialty people were pros, but then there was a lot of the department heads were local. Small so. crew, I assume? You know, it was it was a good-sized crew, actually. It wasn't like this indie production where everybody's doing ten jobs. It's It was kind of a small army. Hmm. So. Did you get to read the script beforehand? I did. I actually have my script copy signed by John Carpenter. Was he like, today's the day I'm signing? Okay. Oh. So, uh, he had an assistant. Her name was Gina. She was great. Did lots of stuff. And, um, yeah, they, they basically told us, like, he'll sign anything, but just go through Gina first, you know? Yeah, like, one of the groups brought his his Snapcase DVD of Big Trouble in Little China. Perfect. You know, got it signed. And, um... And, yeah, and like, he wasn't, like, closed off from people. If you saw him walking around, he'd say hi to you. you okay. Know? So that's, that's also what I want to say. They say never meet your heroes. You should meet John Carpenter okay. sometime. Well, he's a cool dude.
0: But, so, okay, so John Carpenter has a mixed history in Hollywood in terms of there's been a lot of talk of you see him at, like, a convention and he's, like, watching a Laker game and and kind of half paying attention, you know what I mean? Sure. But this is him in working mode, which I'm sure it was different. Yeah. Although I did hear an interview with one of the producers of this movie, and he was like, I was trying to get John to
1: make a John Carpenter movie when he had kind of moved on from there mm-hmm. about this. Well, you know, if if that's the case, then they picked the wrong script. Because the movie that's on the screen is that script, basically. Because mm. we all got to read it beforehand. You know, I was printing sides of it every day and getting caught up on, like, Oh, we're doing this scene today. Okay, that's cool. And, um, but yeah, if they were really trying to do, like, an 80s carpenter thing, that that's not the right script to do it with. And to John's credit, he didn't try to, like, mold it into anything other than that's that's what that script was, you know? Right. Did you interact with any of the actors? Yes. I met uh, Amber Heard several times talked to her. uh uh-huh those dogs remember the dogs that uh were in part of the international controversy with australia and australia wanted to like put them down remember her and johnny depp like went to australia oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 i've played with those dogs oh very good <laughs> i
0: guess i guess the question is finish your actor thing but then i don't sure. want to get to what like what, what was your pa because PAing is there's a reason why there's no pa union Oh, yeah. But let's let's get into that. So
1: any other interaction with any of the other ladies? Oh yeah, all they were all great. And that's that was the good thing about this set. It was the perfect first set to go on because everybody was kind of all in it just to win it, you know. There wasn't any of that like oh, this actor is being a diva and is showing up late or is you know, lots of delays that are causing lack of morale and every it was a good fun set and it was a really good time and You know, we only... I think the longest day we worked was like 12 hours. John Carpenter's usually a 10-hour guy. And he taught... He he mentioned how, you know, back in the day, it's like, of course you're going to do an 18-hour day. It's like, we're just going to do it. He's like, I'm just too old for that now, so... And he knows what he wants. And you can really tell he knows what he wants. There were days where we had shot everything that we were going to do that day, and then he's like, let's find something else we can do. We're in one location, like... Let's look at the schedule going ahead and let's just see what can we do with the people that we have here right Mm. now. So So did you say, was it, is it the idea, do you guys rap early or was it just, he was just like, if we got extra time, time, we'll just do it, do extra time, you know? Mm. So let's find, let's maximize our, our time that we're here to do and just hammer it out. So what were you doing? Fucking getting coffee? So yeah. buying people blow? I was a production assistant. So yeah, I went to go fetch, uh. Mountain Dews, Diet Cokes, haul air conditioners up and down very narrow staircases, um, occasionally move cube trucks short distances. So driving um, a cube truck is a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. So, um, And then during shooting, they would post us around the set and we would just make sure because a lot of the places where we shot at people were actually like working like active places Mm. so we're just like you know we kind of like talk to them be like hi we're shooting a movie over here as you know you know I'm your PA if you got any questions please let me ask you know ask me Um, but yeah I'll just if I yell that we're rolling just be as quiet as possible and then I'll let you know when we cut and we're not and we're all on radio communication and all that stuff were people stoked or were they just like you fucking Hollywood motherfuckers can't tell me to be quiet it was a mix of both of course one was uh, we were filming and it was the end of the day we were in like an administration building at Eastern Washington so we actually shot at my college and um, it was like 5 o'clock and people were trying to go home and they were doing some kind of setup in the lobby and I was just like just wait here like a couple minutes you know we're just doing a thing and, I'll, you know, it won't be long. I'll let you go. And this one guy got really grousy about, like, oh, I've worked eight hours today. I'm ready to just go home. What do I have to wait for? And it's like, dude, come on. I'm not, I'm the PA. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not here to ruin your day. I'm it, not here to, like, highball you. It's just, you know, we're just setting the thing up. We're, we are paying for the privilege to do this. <laughs> so we've paid the school. We've paid the building. Just let us do this thing real quick. And we'll go home. So, yeah, you know. I still that, it. No, but then there was a mix of like people from Medical Lake driving up being like, oh, wow, what is this? And like, oh, we're making a movie over here. Oh, that's cool, you know. Stuff like that. Cool. So, a, a little mix of everything. Yeah, there's definitely a couple of the, uh, who you Hollywood people. It's like, dude, I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, man. <laughs> uh, any, before we
0: get into this, because I'm eager to watch this movie. Sure. Any, like stories of people and their experience in Washington Did you know some some of the, the crew get rowdy in the local uh, Longhorn Steakhouse in uh, Eastern Washington
1: <laughs> that's funny because we had a Longhorn Steakhouse
0: I I had a feeling
1: who knew um, there was one party that I ultimately didn't go to because I was I was also working at the pizza place at this time so at one point I had three jobs that summer so it was terrible but um, how
0: are you scheduling this? carefully <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs>
1: but um, wait pizza this and what was the third one there was this little indie movie that that this one girl was shooting
0: oh yeah 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 that's not 100 episodes we'll do that one the, the, the,
1: the check's cleared and that's all I care about that movie never got finished right I don't think it ever did and if it did I don't know even where you could see it well can we look it up we can try let's take it let's take this we'll, offline we'll, we'll take it yeah, we'll take it offline if this
0: movie exists yeah. we should definitely do this for episode
1: 150 or 200 yeah. exactly <laughs> we'll find it out there um, but yeah, there was a party that uh, cause the costume designer, and then one of the guys on the grip crew, or husband and wife, and um they had a party at their house. They called it an Escape from the Ward party, and it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was it was kind of for us local people that were on the crew. So I ultimately didn't get to go to that party, but I heard it was a good time. So Amber heard uh, you know, in the VIP area. Exactly. Yeah. So Actually, uh. It's funny, I went to a Marilyn Manson concert during that time, because he was in Spokane. It was a terrible show, but Amber Heard went to that concert as well, so... You guys carpool or what? Yeah, we, yeah, we should have. Uber wasn't a thing yet, but... It's like, if only you were
0: 30 then, you'd be like, Amber, I'm also... Wait, did you know yeah. that she was going to beforehand, or no? No, I
1: didn't know. Ah, I just it. heard, a, like, the next shooting day, she was talking about, Oh yeah, I went to the Marilyn Manson concert at this little place in Spokane, so... It was at a little place, uh, the Denny's Factory in Spokane. Well, how why was it bad? Uh, Marilyn was—he uh, was not looking good at the time, and we, he was in the middle of—I um, think "Eat Me, Drink Me" had just come out. Not his and that, best album. And that right? is one of his not good albums. But his next couple albums would kind of be a little resurgence for him. So hopefully, his live shows gotten better since then. So well, we can we can hope. And one day
0: we'll find out... I remember uh, maybe two years ago, he went on tour with Slipknot. We should have went to that. Yeah, that would
1: have been a fun show. Slipknot and Marilyn Manson. Although that would have been fucking hectic.
0: (laughs) I would have stood in the back. I think it
1: was at the forum. We could have gotten seats. So we didn't have to be on the floor. Next time. Next time. We've
0: almost done every John Carpenter movie on this podcast. What is your expectation for this watch?
1: Um... You know, I just like to I haven't watched it since it came out. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious to watch it again. So it's, it's been a minute. So the
0: especially when the internet first started getting big in the late 90s, the 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 Mark on Carpenter was a fall from grace, right? He used to be good and now he sucks. Carpenter, Romero, all of his yeah. all of that generation, right? That that was the the stink on them. So what I'm hoping is that this is not like Ghost of Mars which feels like someone who's given up Mm -hmm. I want this to feel like and that might be unrealistic but that's what I want right I just want it to be I want him to go out on a good note and I don't know I feel like that's a that's a lot to ask if someone takes a what a a 10 year year layoff and then that movie 10 years later And the world the world of horror has changed a lot in 10 years so um, we'll see what happens but maybe we should get into it right now let's do it here we go. Here we go. And we're back. We're back.
1: Kev, we went away. We watched this movie. But how'd you watch it? I watched my Blu-ray copy. Of course I own this thing. My name's in the credits. Of course. Um, I, uh, I, I texted you that, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, you did. So, um, I watched it with... I discovered on the Blu-ray there's a commentary with John Carpenter and Jared Harris. Who's Jared Harris? He was the doctor. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Son of Richard Harris, who's been in lots of movies. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I watched it with that commentary. Carpenter's commentaries are always great. One, because he always brings his lead, uh, uh, a lead actor along. Right. To kind of bounce things off with. And he's just very jovial and likes talking about various things, so. You know, at one point during one scene, they're talking about, uh, um, he was asking Jared Harris about doing accents and he's like what's the hardest accent to do and he said uh, like a posh English accent and he said apparently I'm terrible at that <laughs> 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 so little things like that you know if the They Live one is him and Rowdy Roddy all the Kurt Russell ones he brings Kurt Russell Jamie Lee Curtis is on the Halloween one Carpenter Commentary tracks they're fantastic
0: it's interesting for a guy who has a bit of reputation for being salty he does have a great relationship with all of his
1: leading actors absolutely So and again, in my personal interaction with him, he's not a salty guy. Yeah. He knew I was just some goop PA, but it didn't mean he wasn't going to talk to me. Or He asked <laughs> me where some good fried chicken was, yeah. and I couldn't <laughs> tell him. Because Spokane doesn't have any good fried chicken.
0: So what was the context of that? He just walked up to you and was like, hey, man, where's yeah, some good fried chicken around was,
1: here? Uh, it was during pre-production, and um, I think I'd given him, like, script sides or something like that. And he just asked, like, hey, my where my hotel is, like, where's he's like, What's some good places around there? Like, is there any good fried chicken around here? And I couldn't give him a good fried chicken. He's like, Nah. But I did tell him about the satellite diner, which is just down the street from the Davenport Hotel. Great late night hangout. So
0: Also you said that he liked or or in the dirt on yes, Carpenter. Yeah. He
1: liked Fritos, right? He was the powered dude, by Fritos. The dude was powered by Fritos, peanuts and cigarettes. That dude that was that was his diet, so I think some pastrami too. Oh my so. god. I could
0: I could not live that diet. I had a bag of chips the other day and I was like, I feel like garbage. I've turned into that person. Oh boy. Where it's just like I can't do this
1: anymore. I I can't do it multiple days in a row, that's for sure. But yeah, that that dude loved his Fritos and his peanuts. So Fritos and Peanuts. I watched this movie on the Google
0: Play Store HD Baby damn straight Google Spend Play is dollar.
1: underrated there's, really there's a lot is. of stuff I was there. pretty fucking pissed off that I had to do it I usually do Amazon but now yeah. I'm like yeah that Google store is not so bad that's where I get a lot of albums and they usually have really good prices on them too they're usually sub ten dollars mm-hmm. so so Kev
0: uh I wanted this movie to be good sure so we're good. now we get, now as part of the podcast we get to our overall thoughts
1: yep you go first.
0: I'm gonna go first. I'm already
1: going first. But thank you for <laughs> thank you for allowing me to go first.
0: Don't you to think you were stepping on my toes or anything? No, 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 no. Opening scene, a little cliche, a little dry, right? Sure. Lady, she's in the thing. It's
1: uh... thunder, thunder, uh, thunder,
0: lightning. Is, something is in my room yeah. in the corner. Grabs it. The hand kind of looks Bobo, and I was a little worried. Okay. And then. The start of the scene, we had a, a panning shot through, and then she gets killed, presumably. Then we have a panning shot back, and as we pan back, there is, the words the ward are floating midair, CG style, but they are not illuminated. They're illuminated in the same way the room is. Yep. So when the lightning flashes, you can see it. And when it goes away, it's it, it's more obscured. And we pan through like the W back. Yeah, and I was like. Okay, that seems a little bit dry, but this is cool. Yeah. And then we get a... And it says
1: John Carpenter's The Ward. Also... Like also, all of his movies.
0: Also, when we search for this movie, the official title of the movie is not The Ward. It's, it's John, John Carpenter. Carp- oh, it's
1: under J. Good to know, so... That's fucking dumb, that, but... That is dumb. Because, yeah, it's not John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China when you look up Big Trouble in Little China. So, we, we're going real-time backwards.
0: And after that, everything got a lot better. Yeah. Pretty good
1: opening sequence that I had forgotten about.
0: No, I disagree with that. The opening
1: sequence is fucking boring. Okay.
0: But (laughs) the cracked glass, um, like, it's like pictures of medical stuff Mm -hmm. through, as if it's been printed on glass and then cracked. Yeah. That looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's like, it's a great, it looked sharp, it looked great. I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) That was crazy. Yep. Overall, the cinematography in this movie is clearly not phoned in. It's thought through. There's lots of complicated shots of you drifting through a scene yes. and then you drift backwards and we're doing complicated camera moves that that, you know, you'd have to light very specially for. Ultimately, 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 this movie you cannot say is made by someone who's checked out. No. Not checked out. This is it is it perfect? No. Is there some times where you can show that they maybe didn't have the most money? Yes. But, checked out? Absolutely not. And that is the nicest thing you can say about someone's last movie, right? Is that, in a lot of ways, this movie was like someone's first movie.
1: Yeah, very much good. It's, it feels like, yeah, this could have come right after Halloween, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, very early Carpenter. Yeah. Now, is it as revolutionary as that? No. no. And it's, again, that's all kind of baked into the script. That the, what the script was is that movie, right? And that's the thing, and that's and that's the thing is that,
0: you you because someone's a really good. It's like it's a it's the movie is the movie that it is, and we'll get to how how we feel about those things later. But what's your ten years out?
1: What's your what's your view on this? It's so not yeah, ten years. It's out. It's uh eight. almost ten years out. Eight eight years now. Yeah, we're, we're we're barreling towards it. Yeah, it's um you really felt. Like you said, that is not a movie made by a guy who was checked out. And seeing it firsthand, I can absolutely say that's true. Because Carpenter, you know, all those shots where it like he does really quick push-ins and you know sweeps, he's like running with the camera in those shots and telling, you know, your own the the DP and the camera guys like this is what we need. And like you know, they do take after take, and he's kind of running with them and sort of like rah rah the crew a little bit and. You know, the guy really just knows what he wants and plans it out extremely well. And, you know, you wouldn't do that if he didn't care. He would just be sitting in Video Village like, oh, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so say, do we when need he, to go again? Um, okay, that's just, just gone.
0: Because when you so. say he's powered by Fritos and <laughs> cigarettes, right, it's like, okay, so he's just eating Fritos and, and smoking cigarettes. He's not... Like, when I hear... That like, That's what's powering him to run Next to the camera
1: That's crazy <laughs> Yep Yeah he's He was absolutely And the whole crew was just Everybody was just into it And you know We really did feel like We were making something good And I think ultimately we did Is it the greatest ghost story ever? No But it's a good ghost story you know? That's the thing And also okay So that's the thing As a horror and there's, there's some horror cliches in
0: here Of course But as a horror fan That's okay Because those are not rough edges That's soft edges for me Yeah there's some things that like I didn't like like the, there's, when the ghost gets you it straps you into the chair and then kills you and it's all it's all done in the same way yeah which feels very budgetarily restricted but does sync up with what is revealed to be the twist that we'll get to in a minute right so that cannot be it cannot be stressed more that the movie is ultimately a payoff they they have a twist but it, the twist is. Everything is accounted for in that twist, you know what I mean? Sure. It's not like a twist for the twist sake like a uh, high tension or something. Exactly. You know, no, it which, is which which basically cancels out the whole movie that happened before. Right. And it's like this one thanks for that, prick. This one recontextualizes it. Yeah. Now, is that cliche? Yes. But it does if do you're gonna it do a officially. twist,
1: that's the way you do a twist. Right. So
0: I need to show, I need to say this before we get up and go on. The dancing scene in this movie makes this a good movie. Sure. Absolutely. So there's a scene where, you know, she's, you know, Amber Heard burns down the house. She gets committed. There's lots of questions. You know, they kind of... uh, Not enough of a mystery. They didn't... They don't really sell... They don't... I think they don't want to give it away, so they don't sell the mystery. I think what you said is right. The script is not a highly polished
1: rock. It's like a smooth rock. Yeah. But it's not polished. If you looked up ghost story in the dictionary... And maybe even good ghost story in the dictionary, you get that script. So right. Because you know? the twist is that there is only one girl
0: and she has a split personality and she's experiencing it through this new personality that she's recently made. Yeah. And there's no like additional mystery on top or no mislead mystery on top. Like, there's like the doctor at one point says, like, what's the last thing you remember? But that could have been something that you could have a lot of fun with where because she was created at this point, she doesn't have any memories before that point they never really explore that you know what i mean there's no depth in that way which is kind of lame or you could have done because they're all personalities and they didn't seem to be all elements of someone's personality right it wasn't like this girl's her sexuality this girl's her fear this girl and if you had that what would be cool is that they all had the same memories but from a different perspective or that none of that is not a puzzle piece like that you know what i mean but that dancing So they're all hanging out And the one girl puts on a record And then it's like a 60s Like rock and roll song Yeah But the movie takes place in 66 Yeah Technically a period piece And then they all start dancing And it's very It's shot I can't describe it other than say, It's shot very sweet Where it's like These are girls Who are troubled But they're still teenagers They're still people Yeah You know what I mean yeah. And they're And they're girls in that way That they're like They're teenagers right? they're, They have adult parts And kid parts
1: you know what I mean? So they're all this dancing together, and they're doing, like, 60s-style dance moves. Which, uh, on the commentary John revealed, they so all the girls got together and got on YouTube and said, let's look up specific dances from that era, and we'll mm-hmm. make sure that our dancing is, like, period accurate, you know? So, again, that's not people phoning it in in this movie. They're, like, doing the research, you know? Right. They want to just, like, no, let's do it right. And speaking of that, Kev, I'm glad you said it. The acting in this movie on the whole is very
0: strong it's good and there's a lot of people who went on to, to have success on the CW <laughs>
1: absolutely <laughs> Daniel Panbacker for one so. yeah
0: Daniel Panbacker in The Flash who I love in The Flash yep. she is both spoiler alert uh Caitlyn Snow and Killer Frost so she's like soft nerdy Caitlyn Snow and then into the super villain Killer Frost All right. she's like wearing a mini skirt and a trench coat that's how you know she's a slut <laughs> um, Mamory,
1: maybe Gummer, I, who I think in this movie, by the way, is terrible. She is not good in this movie. Well, it's interesting you say that because so, uh, first time I when I picked him up because I did a little I drove like the company SUV sometimes to pick up ooh, talent. Ooh, so.
0: fucking mom duty. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was doing mom jobs. Could, wait, hold on, what was in the back? Orange slices or
1: what you got? <laughs> C it was orange slices. Yeah. Um classic. But anyway, so I picked up a gaggle of the actresses at the hotel they're staying at, and uh, meet maybe Gummer.
0: Hold on, tell were you nervous? Like, what if these chicks aren't here? What am I gonna do?
1: I sure, a little bit, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, what? So yeah, I was, you know, I don't want to hurt the talent. I don't want to make the talent late. I don't want this. Is like this is within my first week, too, right? So I'm still kind of learning the ropes. And I met her, and I was like, God, she looks familiar. who, who is she? Where is she from? And then, uh, coincidentally enough, Meryl Streep was on the Colbert Report mm. that night. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And I looked it up. And she's Meryl Streep's daughter. So there you go. Not good in this. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why
0: did you say that when you picked him up?
1: Wait what, a minute.
0: what was the point of that story?
1: No, I was just saying, like, she. you say she's not good, but she's descended from acting royalty. <laughs> sure, but, sure, sure. And she, she's going on to
0: have her that so she had a TV show on the CW, Dr the Emily mm-hmm. Owens or something like that, you know? Okay. So I assume I've not seen her in anything else. I assume I know, that
1: she's gotten better I know she was in uh Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, 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 yeah. As as Meryl Streep's daughter. Mm-hmm. So also Jonathan Demi's final film. Mm. R.I.P. Final narrative movie.
0: Um but she's just not getting this. She's not giving me convincing crazy. Amber Heard can give you crazy like when they arrest her in the beginning Mm -hmm. and you can tell those cops i was
1: there that day when they were shooting that yeah she was like going unhinged and that was after we had shot her running through the forest and doing all this stuff that was a physical day right you know and and, yeah she was still just like yeah kicking the door and thrashing and it was good stuff and and you can tell those cops were like locals you know what I mean? It's funny. One of them was the dad of one of my coworkers at the pizza place, ah. <laughs> little Spokane, because she's she is like she's like kicking.
0: Like, one of them opens the door and she just kicks it, and yep. you look the look on that guy's face. He is like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like you know, she's like she like, like she's like kicking, and her skirt's going up, and like you you could tell it's not a protected performance. She's just like I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? So a- Amber Heard. Really good in this movie. Lindsay Forseca went on to be on Nikita, a starring role in
1: Nikita, which is actually a really fun show. All right, I know she was in Kick Ass as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, she's very much who great. is she in Kick Ass? She's the girlfriend in Kick Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and then yeah, so um, I really appreciate it. I don't know. I really appreciate it. It's kind of cool that it's like there's a lot of like it's it's a weird movie where it, it doesn't get a lot of hype but there's a lot of talent
1: in this movie yeah. I mean Jared Harris is good and he he was right in the middle of shooting Mad Men mm-hmm. when he made this mm-hmm. so also and he's been in tons of movies he's also a descendant of acting royalty his dad's Richard Harris so was there any word on how they got so many good actors for this movie I don't know man because like Jared Harris had just come off of Benjamin Button too so he's in uh, which is a big profile Hollywood movie and yeah he just I don't know they just got good people, you know. I guess they got good acting or a good casting director. So I will say I love Daniel
0: Panabaker. I will say her death, the scene goes on too long. She's the one who gets shocked to death. Yeah, yeah. And the shock to death part is just not done well.
1: Yeah.
0: And she's not selling it, which is a bummer. Yeah. But, but oh well. What can you do? Now, question: Shower scene. Yes. Scene where all the girls are showering. Yes. Was everyone like, "Oh, dude, I got to deliver this to set." I, they said John said that he needed peanuts, uh, <laughs> and I I forgot. So I better get those to him like
1: wh- like soon. That was a strictly closed set that day. <laughs> <laughs> I.e., nobody was allowed within like a floor because that was shot on the third floor of this abandoned not abandoned but decommissioned mental asylum. And uh, yeah, it was like blacked out walls and blacked out doors and like only approved people on the set this day hmm. so because they really got naked for it yeah they were naked for it so and uh good for them yeah they came out and they were like in their nice cushy bathrobes, you know heading back to their trailers and then uh yeah we got to clean up the shower afterwards so apparently that, that was that was uh you know interesting it's a
0: lot, like, lot of tasteful side boob in this movie tasteful side boob no outright nudity um which I, I'm not. I'm it's not really trying fine. to. I'm not. I'm. I'm joking about being pervy. I do think that that is one of the flaws of this movie is that they don't ever really show these girls as being vulnerable. And I like how they stay away from the idea that like the uh, orderlies are going to take advantage of them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that that is a cle- like that is. Yeah, I don't want to say-
1: very much be. Yeah, just. Mm anybody can write that and it's not that's the thing it's, it's not edgy doing,
0: doing that in a way that's a real thing right That's a, and that's sure. a real fear when you're jailed in any way that someone's going to take advantage of you but it's hard to do that in a way that feels not cliche yeah you know hello um, what's that movie that with baby doll and Rocket and all those girls oh uh, Sucker Punch hello Sucker Punch yeah and goodbye Sucker Punch and goodbye forever <laughs> um but yeah I do think that and I'm, listen, it's it's more, I understand it's more complicated than this. Not everyone is comfortable being naked. Not everyone wants to be naked for a low budget movie. What, you know, whatever, whatever. But if there was nudity in this movie and uh, amongst other things, you could have sold the idea of them being trapped and isolated and vulnerable in being children who are locked up. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Sure. Where it's like, it's just a weird thing. But, um, um yeah it didn't work out that way, but that's fine sure. and also it's I like the idea of a shadowy monster attacking someone in a shower. yeah, i've had I had that idea for something that I'm trying to work on, and I was like, how would I do this? And I saw it in this movie, I'm like, interesting.
1: And that was a you know something they really had to do carefully because that makeup wasn't necessarily waterproof. yeah, I mean, it's it's just standard monster makeup. yeah, it's there's a whole set of logistics that you gotta think about when you're putting somebody in makeup in water. You know, it's a whole different thing you gotta do. Let's,
0: let's talk about that ghost. Sure. Now that you've brought it up. How did that ghost read on
1: set? I thought it was good. I actually don't think... I was a little disappointed when I saw they added the CGI to it. Well, they add CGI to it. What? What did you say? <laughs> what was CGI on that ghost? Like the crawling veins and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't really add anything. Because that makeup is pretty good. You know? i'm gonna disagree well but but i think they kind of fucked it up with the cg though i feel like it's thought... i thought it was a lot better on set also it's weird eating lunch with a girl in ghost makeup okay <laughs> so... <laughs> but yeah you know she'd be in her thing and it'd be lunchtime and you got more scenes to shoot with the ghost so yeah she's like who, who played the ghost uh i forget for some rando right i don't know if was a rando but uh um... was it the girl who played the main girl I don't think so. I think it was somebody else. Okay. But i it off to look it up. But, um... Because the movie... Cause I, yeah, she's just, like, sitting around talking in her ghost makeup. Like, so what are you guys up to this weekend? You know, and she's this decaying zombie ghost. So. That's awesome. But, uh... And they did, a, they did a few different makeup tests on that, too. Because I remember during pre-production, they had trailers set up outside, and each one was a different concept for ghost makeup. And John was going through all of them, so... And he was not shy about sharing his opinion on some of them. (laughs) Yeah, he's like... There were a bunch, he was like... Because I asked him, he was just walking by, and I just asked him, like, how's the makeup test going? And he's like, a lot of them suck. (laughs) 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 And um, actually, the makeup designer is Greg Nicotero, and he's like... Oh, really? He's on The Walking... I got to meet Greg Nicotero, and he, he does all Tarantino stuff, he's on The Walking Dead, so... So, again, they got legitimate talent for this stuff. I just feel like it didn't read very well. I I don't know if it was not lit correctly, or... I don't know if it was the lighting. Again, I think the CGI kind of dampens it. But sort of the cutting is weird in some of those scenes, too. Whereas in the rest of the movie, it's pretty well put together. So, yeah, I don't know. I felt... It was a lot more effective on the set, mm. I thought. So I was a little bummed when it yeah. didn't read as well as it could
0: have. Yeah, I, I didn't love the ghost design. And I think at this point in my life, I'm into much more of a minimalist ghost design. This is like sure. a very maximalist ghost design. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my favorite moment in the whole movie, other than the dancing moment, is that morgue gag. Yes. That, it sucks. Okay. It's great. She's hiding in the thing, comes out. The, the 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 more drawer door is shaking like someone's trying to get out and she goes up and she opens it and it's empty they should have cut it there but then the girl the ghost hand comes out and it's yeah, like yeah. ah fuck but that that would that would have been so good you yeah. know what i mean
1: that was a good gag
0: uh did, did, were people like was there like an idea that this was because it's carpenter people were stoked
1: to be on a horror movie yeah absolutely there was that there was definitely that energy on set of like you know we're making a john carpenter movie right now so it's like let's just we're all gonna give our best and people didn't really need to always be rah rah motivated to do that they just kind of felt motivated to do that and so that was just did, a good atmosphere did you see on. him talking to the actors not a lot, because um, they did a lot of the really heavy stuff in their individual trailers. I remember a couple times, they were ready to shoot a scene, and they told us, like, okay, go ahead and round up, like, Amber and John. And then Amber was like, let's wait a minute, I really want to talk about this scene with John. And so then they would go in their trailer and talk about it, and then come out, and then they would do the scene. Interesting. So, um A lot of the... Some of the on-set stuff was pretty minimalist direction, because... They did a lot in pre-production, and I think this is what a lot of directors could learn, is you are really hammer out a lot of the beats before you get on set.
0: So were now, you there for one, the...
1: There's wiggle room yeah. for that, but like you know, they did read-throughs and character discussions with the whole group together. Yeah. And um, a lot of that was done in North by Northwest before we shot one thing of film. Yeah.
0: So wait, were you there for the table reads and were you there for the rehearsals? No. Those, okay. those weren't. But yeah. uh, before.
1: I was, I was stuck in the snack room sure. at that point. Sure. <laughs> well, it's kinda... I, I was making runs to photocam. Well, the airport to deliver films. <laughs> to the <photo> <laughs> we shot, they shot a film? They shot a film. Mm-hmm. Pan-vision cameras.
0: I am kind of bummed out to hear that about the characters. Because I feel like the characters felt a little bit underbaked. It, because I feel like again it in I mean maybe this was edited this way or
1: whatever right also a lot of stuff cut out or no that's that's pretty much it so it, it was a svelte script it's a svelte movie so I, and, I mean I, that's pretty much like really what you see is what was on the page
0: I wish I just wish it was a little bit more clever like I wish that like there's a little bit more backstory to the characters but when you if you thought about it more they're describing the same thing but in a different way yeah so let's say just for an example like Ultimately, there's no the dad was there for a while and then left, right, or or was there for a while and is not there for a while, and the mom raised him and whatever. So I would love for every character to describe that, but in a different way. Like my dad was there, you know, he's been there forever, but he he recently, you know, he he and my mom got divorced. I haven't heard from him. Or and then another one says, oh, my dad died, or whatever. And in the end, you see that they're all describing the same thing, but in a different way or something. Uh-huh. But they don't do that, you know. Yeah, for sure, so. kind of a bummer. But. What can you do? Does anything in this movie not work for you? Oh, wait. Did John Carpenter direct the stunt scenes, the fight scenes?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was there. So, I mean, they had, like... Doubles. Oh, yeah. There were definitely stunt doubles and stand-ins. But, yeah, he was there from... There was no, like, second unit, really. He was kind of there for the whole thing. So, every little shot, he figured out. Is anything in this movie for you that doesn't work? Um... It's hard for me to say just because I have I have that kind of connection to it. I think for what it is, it is good. I do, again, the CGI and the ghost, you don't really need because that makeup was good on set. Um, yeah, and I think I, I like the I. Like, there's a cool idea the
0: idea that there's something flowing yeah. through her. It just doesn't read... It reads as, oh, there's some CGI effect. It doesn't CGI, read like, yeah, yeah. oh, like her blood or... You know what I mean? And, and also... In the in the context of what we're talking about, what is flowing through that her?
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's you know little things like that. It's like maybe it was better on set, or you know if it wasn't a ten million dollar movie, if it was a twenty million dollar movie, maybe you could have done something more interesting with that. But you work within what you got, so and you come in on time and under budget. It's good. I, yeah,
0: I think that I do. I do think that the. The twist is kind of cliche, but it is. It, it, it and I, but I do like the idea that all of the split personalities resent the original one. Yeah, and that and I do like how the, it, there is a take that she's mean, and it's like, you know, like uh, she's mean because if she gets better, then we all go away. Exactly. And I like that idea that as they get better, they get closer to their death because mm-hmm. they don't they're not needed anymore. Yeah. So it's actually an interesting exploration of a take on personality which I don't really believe is a real thing
1: yeah but it's like well not, not real in the way that it's depicted in Hollywood you know
0: right right so. right, right right right. and I, and it's kind of interesting because you know recently we saw a movie entitled Split that has come out which is about the same thing right someone with personality but that has that took it to a it's a really interesting place right where it's like you know, I haven't seen Split. You have not seen Split yet. I didn't see it. Uh, I, I, think, I
1: didn't get invited, homie.
0: No, you were, you were, <laughs> you were, uh, you were doing something, and then I was like, "Fuck, it, yeah, I'm Yeah, all right. right. You're invited. You're always invited. <sighs> I didn't hear about it. <laughs> well, check out Split. I'm not gonna. I'll stop it there. I'll but Split you. doesn't feel like a cheat because it leads with it. Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas this is like the reveal. Yeah. Um. Also, the music of the movie is fucking terrible. It's fucking. It's terrible. a bummer
1: that uh, John couldn't have done his own music, but it, he specifically mentions in the commentaries, like, "It's just too much work at my age." So, but he uh, he was praising the composer, so it, I, it's pretty rote. It's pretty rote, and it, I feel like at its
0: worst, it undercut scenes. I just feel like sometimes fucking leave it silent and let the fucking audience squirm. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, don't right. tell me what to think. Just let that. I, I feel like there's a, there's a scene with Daniel Panabaker where she was given it. And there was some music or something underneath, and it was like, "Don't just let her, let her, let the performance be the special effect. You don't need this fucking music." Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, just you know, I don't, so generally, some more setup and payoff would be nice. I mean, there's a little bit with like you know she finds the beads, but like there's they make a big deal about putting in her in a straitjacket, and then she just gets the straitjacket off, and we never come back to it. Yeah, so sure. it's kind of a weird, you know. Um, and also, just some bad ADR. <laughs> yeah a little bit (laughs) it's not it doesn't doesn't, it's more of a nitpick also this the chase scene when they're leaving and they go up the elevator and back down the elevator that's done really well
1: so interesting and i'm gonna talk about this a little bit um the set where all their like the living room stuff is is in a decommissioned mental asylum Mm -hmm. in medical lake whenever you're in the room that's a set in a warehouse in spokane and when they're in the lobby, that's at Eastern Washington University, <laughs> and the exterior is in Seattle. So, <laughs> so throw away the exterior because we never they're never really in
0: the exterior. Sure. So basically, they start in the room, they go out into the living area, mm-hmm. so they so they go from the warehouse to uh, the mental asylum. And then they go in the elevator, and then when they get out of the elevator, they're at Eastern Washington University. Yes. So they get back in the elevator, go back down, and then now they're back
1: at the Mental Asylum. Correct. Crazy. That takes some... That takes some real skillful movie making right. to stitch all that together. And
0: I'm not saying... You know? there, there are cuts in that scene, but there's really long stretches, yep. and it's edited in a way that's very
1: seamless feeling. Yeah. It does not feel like, but literally Medical Lake and Cheney are 10 miles apart, mm-hmm. you know? And... You know the set is 30 miles away but it all flows together and it was crazy when we walked on because the set was sort of towards the last month of shooting or last couple weeks and you walked on there and it felt exactly like the mental assignment we'd just been in for three or four weeks you know so the set designers did a really good job making that completely seamless and I thought good color choices too yeah. And I think they painted it, because you don't see it's kind of this weird blue, grey, and then mustard color. Yeah, that's it's not like, that's not around anymore. Yeah. That that mustard color is not popular. It's not popular, but it's a good look. It's yeah. a unique look for a horror movie. Right. So it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good stuff. And kinda of have a sixties vibe to it.
0: It had a very authentic sixties vibe.
1: Yeah. Um also the kills
0: in this movie yeah. are a little bit weak. I like the stab in the eye. It's good. Yeah. But they do it, they kinda like, oh, we're gonna take her to this. Take it in this room, it's just a little bit too repetitive. Sure. Just kill more than they stand. Yeah. But um is there anything else you wanna uh you wanna talk about what
1: you've learned in terms of like, you know, more specifically? You know, it was just it was the best education I ever could have had about the real world way a movie is made. Right. Constructed. Constructed You're pieces. And it, and it was a good set. It was a lot of good people to work with, you know people that put up with me just being a dumb PA all of us dumb PAs that just took the time to like teach us something about you know these grizzled old guys who've done a million shows all over the world and they just took their time to be like no, this is how a movie set works this is why we're doing it this way and not this way and that kind of thing so it was just a great experience it's it really it took me from just someone who sits and watches movies to someone who truly appreciates the craft behind making one because it takes a lot of people and a lot of skill you know it doesn't matter how in touch with your soul you are do you know how to cut together a mental asylum sequence that happens over five locations you know do you know how to shoot that do you know how to put it together do you know how to hire the right people to make it put it together mm-hmm. it's a tough job right
0: uh, and I don't think I don't think people think that about like like we should get this so she's holding a knife to her neck, right? Yeah. So we should get this where she's really aggressive, and okay, it's like, but let's also get it in a way. let do also do a whole take of this where maybe she's a little bit more unsure of herself, and then maybe we cut both of those together. Maybe we use all of one or all of the other one. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to hedge your bets. and
1: although on this set there wasn't so much that right just because they hammered all of that out in pre-production so but and
0: and then that's a great point too right you don't need to do that if you know what you're doing exactly you know what I mean but
1: but some directors want to do you know if you got a bigger budget or it's just a style that works for you let's approach these scenes in three or four different ways and for them that works and they create an environment where that works but yeah Carpenter is just like (laughs) slinging through those pages you Mm -hmm. know because they've figured out what they want and everybody's in agreement before they even get there. And they have faith in him. And they have faith in what what they're doing. That's cool, man. That was, you know, that was the great thing about it is everybody just kind of felt it was a good set vibe because I could feel, you know, (laughs) working on that little indie movie, not always a great set, but obviously we're not professionals and some people didn't know what they were doing and all this stuff. Not the guys I worked with, the people in front of the camera. But... They'll never hear this. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're not naming this movie. We're not naming it. So, um, But it's like... That was kind of... That really makes me appreciate the work that people in Hollywood do every single day. to just. And now that I know a lot of people who that's their full-time job. Boom mic people. You know, art department. All that stuff. It just makes you really it brings something a little different to each movie yeah you know? when I was first breaking in I read I re- it's why I sit and watch the credits at the end right. of movies it's what you do those people deserve your respect indeed and I remember reading a book um, when, I was,
0: when I first moved down to Hollywood and it was some, some producer's credit and they're like you know on every set there's one person who doesn't need to be there at least one person who is extraneous that's not true If you don't need, if you, I mean, I'm sure on Pirates of the Caribbean, there's probably a PA who's just hiding in the corner or whatever. But generally speaking, everyone, if you're working on a movie set, as much as you hate it, you have to love it because it's fucking
1: hard. It is. There's that hashtag set life that goes around. And yeah, it's a tough gig. It can be hot. You can be Hauling air conditioners up very narrow staircases, and people,
0: and people are like, oh, "Well, what? It's hot. You can't deal with hot." It's like, "Yeah, being in a dirty warehouse that's fucking hot as shit." You know what It'll I mean?
1: Drain on you for
0: yeah, yeah. It's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be gross all day today." And hey, if something goes wrong, all night tonight. Yep,
1: exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, we never had too many of those. Yeah,
0: he's too old for that shit.
1: Well, and we did have some night shoots, but like you know, call time was six p.m. You know. And then you just shoot through the night, um, but yeah, it's just great seeing all these people come together to make one thing, and that's you don't get that really anywhere else except maybe a Broadway production or like a big scale theater production. It's like it's a unique environment. It's, it was really, you know, kind of it just got me. It was a growing experience, and it was great. It's great to know. So yeah, okay. good.
0: The war. I'm happy. And I I feel like I've learned a lot about your knowledge of this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And
1: like, just, you know. Stuff you just, you know, I was in film school for two years. There's stuff in there I would never learn in film school. Right. You learned some stuff.
0: Although I do think, and I know we're running long, but I'm just going to say this. I do think that people shit on film school too much. Like, oh, just work on sets. It's like, yeah, but if you don't know, if you don't know that cameras have lenses... Yep. You're gonna. It's gonna be hard on set, right? There's things. There's a. There's a balance of both things. There's things you want to learn in, in the safe academic environment, and there's things you could only learn when you're on a set, right? And you and need. And I think both those things to, are good. Yep. It's, so for all you kids out there who want to get into movies and you're gonna go to college, go to college for film because you know why? Studying other shit. Who gives a fuck, right? And now again, you should have a basic. Under, I'm for the college system, right? I think you should have a general education class I think everyone should have to take human sexuality fuck you America (laughs) learn but if you if you have to specialize in something specialize in something you care about if you care about literature let it be literature right if you're gonna work in an office all that cares is that you got
1: the paper so get the paper that you want Mm -hmm. said it in the end like this movie doesn't work I do like this movie I am happy to have been a part of it obviously but it's nice that you're a part of something that ends up being good isn't you know it's far from John Carpenter's best movie but like you said it could have just been this guy doing it just because he's bored but he really put his his heart into it yeah. and it's a good you know it doesn't I, feel like a John Carpenter movie but that's
0: but it doesn't but because it's not lazy that's almost more impressive that exactly. he didn't go back to the same shit because
1: uh-huh. he could have he could have just made done all the same shit he did in Halloween yeah he did Bobo Halloween but he didn't. He yeah. he approached this script and did an original concept on it. Mm-hmm. Now, is it the greatest script on the planet? No. Eh, it's a fine ghost story, right? But it's you know he he truly made it, and it's made by a lot of people that really cared about it. So there it is, right? And it you know as for something that is essentially in someone's mind, there is a
0: payoff where it, it, that's the point. This is a representation of the chaos of this woman's mind. Yeah. Right? So it's not like, oh, it's all a dream. It's like, on some level, it represents something that is happening on a neurological level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to say, I do like this movie. I do think it works. I think if you're a horror enthusiast, yeah, if you come in with, is it going to be Halloween? No, it's not. But for a take, if you took John Carpenter's name off of it, you say, hey, here's a movie. It's called The Ward. You can watch it on Netflix or something. It's a fun movie. A good little, horror you know, movie. It's good little, exactly. It's a good, good little, little horror movie. Good little horror movie.
1: Do you have any sequel or fan theory? Um, hmm. I think a good fan theory is if the nurse ended up being the, the devil. Personalities. Oh, okay. I know, that could have been a cool twist on it, and maybe even she was. So, um not
0: a fan theory. Um, I think this would be a hundred percent better as a TV
1: show. Really? Yeah. So uh, I think, but like, a limited series. Okay. You know. Really take the time to explore each of the personalities before killing them all off. Yeah. All right. And I kind of
0: wish the whole thing was more surreal. If it's all in our head, we don't need to be limited by the rules of objectivity. Odd... Objectivity. Thank you. Um, so, like, I want some, like, uh, Magritte or The Shining shit where it's just, like, you know, there's a little... Like, a little bit of the, the, sure. dark, the Black Lodge from... Uh, Red Lodge from uh, Twin Peaks, yeah, kind of, yeah. you know? But... Uh, you know, if it's distorted, let's really distorted. But that's not the movie they set out to make. That's okay. That's it for us. Thanks for having us on all 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. I'm Mr. Jibber Depper. That's Kev. Kev wrote this episode. Music by Jeff Russell. Watch The Dark Hallways. Keep yourself together. Glad you worked on this movie. And I'm glad we did it for the podcast. Happy to do it. Thank you
1: everybody that I worked with who uh, helped us all along. So Love you, JC. Love you every day. You're, Jack Carpenter. You too, JC. Keep eating them Fritos.
0: Let's get some fried chicken.